Hi guys, it's Jerry and Diane. We're back with another episode of the Nursing Handover podcast and we've got two lovely guests, Zainab and Florence. They're both second year students and they've come, they've come to join us on this week's episode. So episode eight for our listeners is basically going to be about the student life, an introduction to what it takes to be a nursing student. We're going to get basically the real tea from the beginning right through to the end of the year. And girls, we want pure honesty, don't hold back. And obviously, like, all the disclaimers that we put out, don't say, I mean, trust that you work out, protect yourself in that sense. Um, if there's any kind of patient experiences you want to talk about, change names or kind of try and edit it so they're not identifiable, but be as free and as flowing as you want to be. Awesome. I will. Hi. <laughs> So feel free to introduce yourself, guys, and tell tell our listeners who you are, what you guys are studying, and um, it's a brief intro about you, about yourselves. Cool. Um, I don't know if they know what to go first. All right, I'll go first. Thank you. Hi, guys. Um, my name's Zainab. I'm a second year children's nursing student. Um, I can't say where I'm studying, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's my little intro. Um, okay hi guys my name's Florence um I'm a second year um, adult nursing student um like I said I'm not really going to disclose where I'm studying um but yeah um just I know you can't like specifically disclose um are you in a London out of London central like location wise yeah I'm in London okay oh out of out of, out of London out okay. of London Cool. So they have like two different environments completely, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to hear about that. Um <laughs> my trust that the trust that I'm I've been working at um throughout the two years, all my placements have been within London as well. Some central, some mm. east London. Yeah, all gone travel. <laughs> um all all of my um placements have been outside of London um, in a very large county so it's, it's been interesting yeah. to say the least so yeah so just to kick us off I think I'm going to go straight in and just ask both of you and I guess me and Gigi will kind of probably follow up afterwards is why did you choose nursing so I'll probably give it to Flo first as then I've finished why nursing um so for me like it was a case where I had this is like my second degree if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so I had already so I had already done a degree in pharmacology and um I then worked in my students union for like two years and I was very much keen on like the advocacy side of that so Mm -hmm. I thought okay um I want to kind of put that more into practice um I was like you'd say at crossroads so I didn't know what I wanted to do um when the end of my contract was coming up so I was looking at various courses that might have been interesting me uh my mum kind of suggested why not try social work or nursing see what see what's there what's available I Mm -hmm. mean what, what more do you have to lose if that makes sense yeah I, said, like, I was kind of tossing and turning about um mm-hmm. about it 
so eventually I tried nursing side. I tried various like universities in London that do nursing. A lot of them were saying that they were full up, which was quite disheartening because I really wanted to stay in London. Yeah. Um, but my mum said, okay, try outside of London, see what happens. So I tried um, various unis, I looked on UCAS, and then I emailed, and then I went on their website directly, and obviously clearing was open. I put in my DLs, and they got back to me pretty quickly. Um, and before I knew, I had my interview. Um, so at my university, like how they've done it, it's like we've done like um, a literacy numeracy as well as the interview in one. So it was quite full on. And um, they said it was the way they've done it is like, okay, if you had passed your nu the numeracy and literacy, then um, obviously you stay on. But if you hadn't passed, I think they would they would call your name just to let you. I think what, how they've done it is like they would let you, they would call you individually to say mm -hmm. if you've passed or not. So I was, I'm just sitting there thinking, oh gosh, like, I mean, it's been a while since I've done exams. I literally have to kind of like just brush up on on things. Like, even though like, yeah, I've been out of education for like how, for a good couple of years. So to come back, it was quite daunting. Mm. But in the end, I, I got told I passed. And so I was very happy. I was a, a bit shocked. I was like, oh, my God. So, and then the interview happens, and then I just have to come. Aren't you able to repeat yourself? Because I cannot hear you. My little back story. Can you yes, repeat the, the end of what yes, you said? Because we couldn't hear you. Yeah, sure, sure. What I, what I said was that, um, in the, like, I did the literacy and the numeracy test, mm. and then, um, was it again they let us know if whether we had passed or not so what I did was that um I waited for my name to be called out and the people interviewing me was one um, was one of the lecturers there mm -hmm. and um a community district nurse but I think she like she's like a she does like an edu she has like an education educator role as yeah, well yeah. sort of thing so they let me know that I had passed my test and um, I was very much elated. I was shocked, but I had to recompose myself so at least I could like, think clearly, clearly for my um for the interview. But yeah, that's my little backstory. So that's All right. me and here I am like two years later. Still standing, still going, still doing it. Yeah, of course, I'm still here. Good. Despite what's happening, I'm still here. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it so far. Thanks. It is hard. It is hard, I'm not going to lie. I've had moments where I've broken <laughs> down, I've cried. Very, very ugly cries. Yeah, We're going to come to yeah. the store cover crying. That is going to come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zainab, what about you? What pushed you into nursing? Zainab? I don't know if she's frozen or not. So, um, with me, it's going to sound a bit cliche. I like children. Mm -hmm. I've got children myself. 
I don't like mine so much. (laughs) I like kids. I've always liked kids. Um, So before this, I was a tutor. I used to tutor maths. I was a maths tutor. Um, But I really wanted to do midwifery. Wow. Wow. I know. But the reason why is because I wanted to take care of newborns. So I thought midwifery was all about being with the babies. Evidently not. When I had children, I experienced (laughs) what midwives go through. And I thought to myself, that is not for me. Like, I don't know how people do it. I appreciate midwives and they're amazing. But I personally couldn't do that. Um, And then there were a few people that used to say to me, oh, but why why peds? Why not adult nursing? And I don't know. I think it's just because I I like children. And again, I don't think I'd see myself working with adults. It's it's different. Um, So, yeah, I thought peds nursing would be good for me. And if ever I tried it and I didn't like it, I could go over to the teaching side. But since I started um, being on placement, it's exactly where I want to be. So I'm so glad that I've decided to do this. Um, We all face our challenges and there's so much that goes on. You think to yourself, do I really want to do this? But yeah, I, I I think I made the right choice. I'm so glad it went midwifery. (laughs) (laughs) honestly i I will never slander midwives or anyone else but i like my heart goes out to them i just i I love what i do i love peds Mm -hmm. even adults the times that we have to go into adults i can't do it i do what i have to and keep it moving but Mm -hmm. (sighs) no 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 you see the thing about a midwife (laughs) no 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 (laughs) like I know how I how I am in pain. I don't want to imagine something coming out of me and I'm having to listen to someone else. No. <laughs> adult, adult, yeah. I can't look at an adult vomit and have and this is gonna sound oh, yeah. awful and have sympathy for them because my instant uh, yeah. reaction. No, I'm serious. Like my instant reaction is, what are you doing? Like you can control I, I, this. I, I, so I, why are you throwing up everywhere? I've seen like, it. sounds horrendous, but I just, I can't. Was if a child, if they vomit, my heart instantly is like, oh my God, like, I'm rushing there to like, mm. put them out and what's wrong and like instant. Do you know what I mean? But with an adult, I'm just looking at you thinking, you look, you're like me. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> if only it was that simple. That's, it's, it's, not, yeah. it's not easy. It's not, I think, I think that I've never, I've never like, worked in like I don't have any experience in like peds at all so like the hospital that we have they have a children's unit and stuff like that Mm. but I I totally agree with what Diane is saying like when um when an adult is like an adult patient when they're like throwing up it it makes me want to um I have to be honest it makes me want to heave it's it's, 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 I have to like obviously like the whole like um NMC code and being like professional trying not and like like respecting the patient um being like not being judgmental or anything but I'm not gonna lie I have to I have to kind of turn my head and be like and the thing is especially like now because we're like we have to like wear the surgical mask so it's like it's very 
very telling in the eyes and you're like oh okay like the person's eating i'm like oh god and it's like they're gonna t- look at your eyes like are you all right it's like yeah i'm fine i'm perfectly fine but it's the smell it's the smell i can't because like when a patient is like when they're throwing up i literally I, like in order to have res- obviously like have respect for the other patients i literally just draw the curtain that is around them so yeah. patients can't see another patient throwing up mm-hmm. in case it makes but obviously like you can't really block out the sound you can't see what's going on but you know that something is happening you're like but Florence, how do you cope with this in adults like there's so much more not like just the vomit just adults in general do you oh. know i've i've had my i've had my fair share like i've had um it's 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 different because okay it's like adults like okay yeah i can relate to them whether like it's in geriatric like an elderly or whether it's like someone who's like middle-aged or like relatively mature like i get different backgrounds but sometimes i'm like this there's certain patients i come across and i'm like you're like even like especially if they're like around my age bracket Mm-hmm. and they they come across as very like clingy i'm like there's certain things you can do for yourself i don't really need to be at your beck and call like that i can assist mm-hmm. you when necessary mm-hmm. but if you are fully independent with your um daily activities like washing dressing eating i don't really i, c- I can help provide you like if we need if you need towels if you need like a change of clothes because like you don't have clean clothes with i can happily do that but if there's certain things that you can reach you can't reach for yourself you, you can reach for yourself what you're too lazy to do i'm just like no because i've had my fair share of patients who they, pajama paralysis is real, guys. It is real. I can tell you for a fact. Pajama no, paralysis. No, you need to. You need to trademark that today. You need to trademark that statement. <laughs> Listen, in the charts that I work at, they have it everywhere. Like they say, like try and get your patients move. Like, mate, for me, especially like patients that like refuse to kind of get out of bed. They want to stay in bed, especially like the el- the elderly tend to. Stay they like to stay in bed a lot they don't mm-hmm. like to move around so mm-hmm. for me it's like you can't be doing this kind of thing like you need to be up and moving but like don't you think adults are like big babies basically yeah, yeah. definitely 100 percent. like I'm, I'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna um sugarcoat it they act like big babies like some a majority of them act like big babies and it's like majority of patients they treat they can treat the hospital like a hotel so they expect you to be at their back yeah that's not just adults my dear that happens yeah. also in pediatrics <laughs> it's usually the parents of the children yes oh my yeah they, they 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 ex like they um expect you to, like things like i mean if it's a case where like okay typical example um, if a patient asks for their drug for their um, water jug to be refilled i don't mind doing that like i don't mind going to like water filter and water filler to fill that up for them and then bring it back usually that would be the role of like the ward hostess or the housekeeper that is helping to look after um like provide with food and stuff but i don't mind i don't mind like doing that but if it's like things where it's like oh for example 
um, they dropped a pen on the and I, obviously I'll go to them and ask, hi, Wait, can, can you repeat like the last five seconds? It literally just went funny. And it cut out, sorry. Yeah. You know, I'm saying like, for example, like if a patient called and um, pressed their like assistance button, and then I usually would go to them like, hi, can I help? Um, do you need help with anything? They say, and like, for example, like they dropped a pen or they dropped their cup. They're expecting me to come and pick it up for them. And I'm like, what is this? Like, if, if it's a case where they are, um, let's take for example, if they're in an trauma and orthopedic ward, I will understand that they're a bit immobilized, so they won't be able to move as freely. However, if you are able to move freely, then my dear, your hands are not broken, <laughs> your feet are working perfectly, so you can pick it up yourself. I'll be like, but I'll still pick it up, but I'll, and I'll be like, is there anything else you need? It's like, no, no thanks, that's all. And like, okay, thank you. I'll be like, they call for, for very unurgent things. Like, if it's a case where, okay, it's like, it's very, very unurgent. I'm like, no, this can't run. And I, I want to say something. I don't want to badmouth them, but I'll be like, but I, I, I once told a patient, I told them like, okay, if you need, like, if you press the call button, let, let it be for something that might, that is like, if it's urgent, for example, like if they are, I don't know, if they're, com- like, LD patients can be confused and that they might end up suddenly screaming out in the middle of the night because they're not aware of where they are. They're not mm-hmm. usually at home. I will get that. So I will go to them and comfort them. Like, so you're fine. You're in the hospital. We're here to look after you. If you need anything, here's your call button etc etc mm. however i'm just like there's certain patients i'm just like no i can't deal i, I literally pull my i like i literally have to go to the bathroom i'm like what are these patients like they actually they can drive me to the brink of insanity and i literally have to be oh like, my god yeah i've had patients they're no. already going into insanity like, no, where else can you go She's not selling. She's not selling adult nursing not at all. The thing is, I, the thing is, I do enjoy. I do. I do enjoy the role of nursing, making seeing adults recover well. I do enjoy that. However, there's certain aspects of it, and I'm just like, no, this cannot run at all. Um, I've, had, I've had my fair share of um, very. Um, Patients have made me feel quite uncomfortable in terms of um, their mannerisms. Wait, wait, wait. Don't worry. We will get to that. <laughs> that yeah, hold, don't you worry, baby girl. We will get to there. that. I'll hold it uh, there. With all of that, how... Obviously, you've been coming to the end of your second year, and well, I'm guessing like, I remember what my first day of placement was like. Mm. From the first time you stepped on the ward, or whatever your first placement was, now how have you seen growth um, to both of you well to all of you really i'll, I'll allow Zainab to take um this one <laughs> um but do you know what every time i start a new placement i always feel nervous it's yeah. just because i don't know what to expect mm. and my first placement my first placement was um a special school so that was a completely 
different experience. You wow, you went straight into a special school. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, um, the school nurse wasn't there. So for the first two weeks, I was basically a teacher's assistant. Wow. Yeah, I had us running around doing things that weren't really nursing related, let's just say. I, I, I so, yeah. So it was kind of the first two weeks, I remember moaning so much. I used to come back home and say, oh my God, I can't believe this is what I'm doing. I just feel like this is so not nursey at all. Um, but then when the school nurse came back, she she was amazing. Like, obviously I saw that side of, you know, community nursing. Mm. Um, but I didn't really feel that it was for me. I enjoyed it. I, I had um, I had a good experience. But when I started on the ward, that was an entirely different experience. And the community setting and the school net and like the special school setting is so different. Like the nurse takes a completely different role mm-hmm. to what like ward life is like. And I'm guessing and like, it's just one person. Yeah, and I think that would be yeah. the same for you, Florence. Like in terms of like mm-hmm. district nursing, yeah. like from district nursing to ward working, it's, it's just so different. Very, very, very different. But I mean like first wood experience i mean god for me like, personally in terms of like nursing so nursing for me was a bit like okay i like children hmm, yeah. i don't want to be a teacher um let me just try nursing it was literally like one of those let me just see what happens kind of thing mm-hmm. and i only applied for one uni got that uni got the place and that was that yeah. and Jerry, me and Jerry were in the same year we studied together. And yeah. she remember very clearly. The whole of first year, I threatened to quit. Mate, the whole of first year, I think really? we all threatened to quit. Oh, wow. I think it, it was more clinical work for me. No, not clinical work. I think for me... Okay. Overall, I'd say I enjoyed uni. Workload, I did not enjoy it. I think it was more the uni lifestyle. That's a different kettle of fish. Did you have when you're doing nursing? There's no lifestyle when you're a nurse. <laughs> I know. We found ways. We found <laughs> ways. You didn't take me on your ways. Me, I was a good thing. Joining like rugby and everything came into it. I had to I had to do something, my dear. I had to do something. I tell you guys, nursing and you know what? People don't understand that. When you're when you've got the nursing degree. Your life is so different to everyone else on campus. Everyone else, that's, yep. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they have fresh as we. They're turning up, going yeah. out back to back. They're rolling in for lectures as and when they want. Us, mm-hmm. our attendance is so yeah. Key. yeah. Yes. You know, if you miss one lecture, you've missed the whole week's like um, anatomy and physiology. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. you, <laughs> if, you, if you don't come to class, the program leader is actually emailing you. You weren't there. It's that people don't understand that being a nursing student, it's not that fun. Like that's the reality. It's really not. No. Mm. I feel like you need to be. You know, when I see the younger students as well, I'm in awe yeah. of them. Don't you think? Like to be able to be motivated enough to just it's stay true. focused, they need a lot of what's the word? Not discipline. discipline, definitely. Yeah. yeah, they need a lot of discipline, and like, they have. When, they're so mature. How old were you when you trained? I was 19. I started the course from 20, but yeah, I was 19. Yeah. 
even still, like being 20 in our class, like we were still, ba- I'm still the baby. You're your baby, yeah. Babies, oh, yeah. That is a baby. These times, like we had like grown women and men in our class, mm-hmm. with, like full on families. Mother, yeah. Sorry, Mother, Sorry Zayna, but like, you know, like, like, like our parents yeah. in yeah. our class. Yeah. And you're thinking like, what have I done? Have I come into the wrong class? Like, no, no, but you're all exactly, here. Exactly. I'm like one of the oldest in my class. But look how young you look. God has blessed you. They even look old. <laughs> I'm 26. I thought I was going to be 26 next month. I'm actually going to be 27 next month. Oh, you so young. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Everyone, you're going to be listening, but we're looking at her and she's very young and beautiful. Just oh, yeah. And she still looks beautiful. Mm. But, no, first year, mm-mm. First year made me really think you yeah, I want to be a nurse. I could not lie to you. Like there were moments in my in placements where I was like, I can't do this. Like the first, like let's recount your first 12 hour shifts. Oh, your feet, your back. Actually, <laughs> I don't lie. My first 12 hour shift wasn't till like the second week of my first placement. So oh, how you did on your first week? I know. <laughs> let, let, let me. Yeah, let me get to so in the first <laughs> week we had um we had induction. So a whole week. Yeah, we had oh, sorry, guys. No worries, no worries. Sorry. Um so we had yeah, we had an induction week. So the professional educator um, professional education facilitators or PEFs as they're called. Yeah. Um they came they um we had like a talk we did like an icebreaker session Mm. the first day and we had to be there for i remember we had to be there for eight and eight o'clock in the morning that's like i mean the hospital is not far from my house it's like a walking distance that's good but i was like eight o'clock i was like eight o'clock i need i need i need my coffee i need i need to wake up fully to process everything that's going on yeah so they taught us about like I think is it the ten the ten R's or the ten rights or something like that. They told us about um how how we can use um how like in terms of like the various forms of like nursing documentation and all that stuff, various terminologies, which was good. How did that make you feel though? Like did you feel did it make you feel like weary, like, oh damn. How did it make what have I done? Like I have I'm very accountable it was, it was, for what's about to happen or yeah I, that there was that but i still had to, like, i was very like anxious it was very like overwhelming because it was a lot to take on mm-hmm. it was a lot to um process this is a lot of information i mean i am good with retaining like a, a large percentage of information but sometimes a lot of it is going to go through one ear and out the other i'm not going to mm-hmm. lie to you but we had our induction for the first three days then on day four and day five is when we actually went onto the ward, so we had to be there for like we did a seven till three um, p.m. shift, which was nice. Bad. So I still had the rest of the day to myself. It's not bad, yeah. So just like to ease us in. Yeah. So I remember um, my first day, like my first official day, um, came in for handover. I'm not gonna lie, I was late. My mental <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> your first day. Oh, yeah. How? My mental, uh, uh, I, I think I just no, I don't, no, so, cardinal rule, I, girl. No, I don't know what happened, but I was late, and my mentor was 
Like, it up. Um, Hand over starts at seven, right? Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm late. Like, Where does the class start at seven? Wait, next. Oh, really? Like, you see another reason we shouldn't go to adult. <laughs> 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 I'm so early. I'm like, what is this? I was like, because I remember I had to wake myself at like five o'clock in the morning. I remember that five. I was like, I rolled up bed and he's like, and I looked at him and I was like, I tried to, uh, I make, but I was prepared. I was organized in terms of I had ironed my uniform the night before, I had prepped everything the night before. So that was a plus. However, I was still late. I think it's oh, you had everything long. laid out. I know, but I was I think I was just tired. I think that day I was really before the first day. Oh my god. Ah, <laughs> I said to myself, yeah. And the fact that my my mentor, um, she called me out. I was like, yeah, Florence, you know that handover starts at seven. It's like, I'm sorry, I'll be late again. And then the next day... Um, Don't say you were late. Yeah, the, ne- the next day, which was day five, um, oh. was like, it was again, another seven till three. I had to do last offices. And it was my oh. first time. Yeah, it was my first time seeing a dead body. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Hold on one second. So uh, anyone that's not healthcare... That's listening. Oh, Last offices is when somebody passes away and you kind of need to... You have to prep them for... Prepare the body, essentially. For Rose yeah. Garden. That's what we tend yeah, to so call it. Yeah. So you, yeah. you would prepare... You More or less, like, Last offices is, like, as, as Diane said, it's um, preparing the body um, as, to make it look presentable. So, obviously, when mm. the family of the deceased want to come and view the body, they look a bit more presentable kind yeah. of thing so and um at our trust that um there's a certain like there's a certain like time gap that we have to do everything accordingly in terms mm-hmm. of washing the body because after that like rigor mortis which is basically stiffening of the body starts yeah. to set in so if you don't do it within that time period it's very difficult to do Ooh. all the things i need to do <laughs> i can't believe you had to do that on your on your, but, on your no, side. I didn't do it on my own. I, no, I didn't do it on my own. I was with, like, I was working with the healthcare assistant. So bearing in mind, I like. Blow, blow. You were a first year doing this. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah. First ward placement. Wow. Mm. No, I, no, I, no, I, no, I don't no. know how, but I just, I just, I just say, by the grace of God, I'm not gonna lie to you because I was like, <laughs> yes. I, I no, because it, it was so surreal. It was so so surreal because I was like to myself. Um, because I have, I had no bearing in mind. If we are backtracking a little bit, I have no healthcare experience whatsoever. So all mm-hmm. of this was going to be new to me. So I think the ward I was on, I was more. It was more or less laying out the basic, the foundations of um, healthcare. Yeah. So like, yeah. What was your what was what was the type of ward you were on? Was it like care of the elderly or no, the care of the elderly. So, yeah, so it was very like I spent eight weeks there. So I noticed it was very like heavy. It was very like wow. hands on because yeah, because you you you'll notice like these elderly people like they they you notice like the, you just notice a transition like obviously like when someone has a child like the child is very much dependent on the parent. And then you see the roles transition 
So now that elderly person is very much dependent on you to help look after them. Some elderly patients mm-hmm. are el- able to do things for themselves, like washing, dressing, but you get some who are very much bed bound. They can't do much for themselves. And I was like, this is, this is a lot. It mm-hmm. is a lot. I was going to ask Flo, just to mm-hmm. intercept there, were you given a debrief after that encounter? Because to be a first-year yeah. student on yeah, paper, I know, when you're first place, and, yeah, and, yeah, and you're with a healthcare assistant, like, was your mentor with you while you did that? Like, what? My, so my mentor, she was off on that day. So what they had done, they had assigned me with another RN to work with. So I was more or less um, able to like observe the various skills that I needed to do, like whether it was to do like communication, whether it was to do with um, supervised med- uh, medicine rounds, um, what else? Um, documentation, whatever, whatever it is, like I was able to kind of get the formative part of my skill signed off. Obviously, only my mentor will sign off the summative bit, like the, the sign off to say like, yes, I I say that someone Florence is competent in this particular skill. So yeah. I did get deeply. Um and um it was it was weird, it was weird. Like the whole thing was weird because like oh, sorry, right. I've got to ask you some questions. Prior yeah. to this, yeah, have you seen a dead body before? No, because like in, like growing up my parents didn't really um like if if someone had like if they was like a funeral like yeah a family friend or whatever like I would more or less like stay at home like my parents wouldn't allow us to go I think it was I think it's a cultural thing like they didn't want us to kind of be in that wow. kind of environment which is understand which is like pretty much, I can't lie. That's pretty much still your first day. Yeah, I see that. But the, thing, but the thing, but the thing is, is like when you come to handover, you don't know what you're gonna expect. You know yeah. that okay, you're coming in for your ship. You're doing a handover, so they had said that okay, they handed over with the fact okay, this patient like they explained who the patient was, mm. and they said that this patient had passed at like six o'clock in the morning. So it's like the the death is still fresh. Mm-hmm. So um, so it was like the nurse that I was working with that day was more or less saying that looks like you're going to be doing last offices today. So she said you'll be working with this healthcare assistant um, who's going to show you what you need to get, how you prep the body, and stuff like that. So it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. Like you're recounting it, and obviously you've it's done it and you've kind of dealt with it and yeah. you know become part of your nursing experience mm. do you feel like you could have said no that you didn't feel comfortable doing it did you feel that you had that option or do you feel like you kind of had to just accept it because you're the student and okay. saying like this, yeah. is, this is an opportunity i mean i could have said no but i think um because i think my confidence wasn't all the way there so like mm. i was just like um, I was, I didn't know how to approach the situation, but at the same time, there was a part of me that wanted to be like, okay, I want to take part in this. I want to see how it's done because I don't know when I'm going to get this opportunity again. Mm. So I just kind of, 
I think I'd say I, I was a little bit ballsy and like I just approached the situation it's like okay like yeah I don't mind it. the nurse did ask me are you comfortable with dinner it's like yeah I don't mind so yeah. um I, I just gave it a try but I inside I was shook I was scared <laughs> thinking I don't know what I'm gonna meet I don't know what I'm gonna see but it was like the person looked like they were sleeping but they were very yeah. pale and cold wow. yeah no the person was still warm to touch actually they were still warm oh. to touch yeah they were still I mean like it was only like an hour and a bit since they had passed so they were okay. still a bit they were still a bit warm to touch but i think as the, as time went on um what do you call it they started to get a bit cold and stuff like that so, like would you say like the way you've recounted this clinical experience it was a very significant part of your nurse training so far because you're doing yeah. like that happened yesterday like it's so detailed yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it's it's one because the thing is it's because it was on the very like the very first in the first week so it's going to be very vivid. Other placement like other like placements I've done, I can say like yeah I've done this I've done that like it it will all be blurred but that particular one it was very very surreal. It was very very like my face. This is what you're having to deal with. It was my first time like seeing a dead body it was my first time seeing another person's anatomy like and I'm just like what do I do and like the healthcare assistant was guiding me through and she oh my gosh she's absolutely lovely lovely I can never forget her like she she was like a mum she was like she's like that kind of help that's like a mum because she's been working she's been working there for so many years but she's mm. absolutely lovely and she guided me through it and then at the end when we like washed the body and everything and we prepped to put the shroud on. She opened up the window and I asked, Oh, why did you open up the window? It's like to let the soul out. So I took it upon myself to like do a little bit of research about what is last offices and why. Um, and explain why they let the wind why they open up the windows. Like, okay, it's interesting. So I mean it's not something I like doing, but I don't think anyone I mean, likes doing last offices. But it, has, but it has to be, it has to be done. I mean for the respect of the patient for the respect of the family i mean just to make them look decent at least because um yeah one thing i do want to ask like zainab have you had any significant clinical experience you know first year you're now finishing your second year anything that has stood out that you have never forgotten that you can recount and like how and talk about how it made you feel i don't have one experience in particular like there's no there's no significant nothing significant happened in my first year to be honest nothing as significant as that um but the one thing that you Florence just said about the healthcare assistant that she found absolutely amazing I think that's more what I remember so I I really feel that who you work with makes such a huge impact on your overall placement like honestly, I've been to I've been to some wards, and that there are a few members of staff that aren't. Hmm, they're not particularly sociable. I want to say sociable or welcoming. But then there's been other placements I've been to, and the staff have been so amazing, literally. And that's what I take away. And those are the placements that I feel that I do best at. The place that I learn the most. Yeah. Um, 
they, I mean, they teach me so much. They've taught me so much about different, I don't know, about the way, like, you know, sometimes you can pick up things from people. So, mm. you know, when someone will practice in a certain type of way, mm -hmm. I've noticed that I take away the best parts from each staff member. So yeah. whether it be healthcare assistants, doctors, nurses, and yeah, I feel like along my journey, I've met so many of these professionals that have helped shape me and also my confidence has grown. So in the beginning, I remember my yeah. first placement, I was so shy. I weren't shy because I'm, I'm not a shy person, but I was, I was afraid to talk. And mm -hmm. me personally, you know, you asked Florence earlier on whether or not she felt she could say no. I wouldn't have been able to say no. Mm -hmm. I'm a yes girl. No, but well, I, think I would have been. It's really good to be open and honest about it because I think. Yeah. I think when I was a student, I was probably the same. Like I did pretty much everything my mentor yeah. asked. Whereas, and since qualifying, like, I have grown a pair of balls and been like, "Yeah, I'm not doing that. Like that's not happening. I'm not doing it." And becoming <laughs> and learning to advocate a lot more not just for like staff members and colleagues and patients but more for myself because I think mm -hmm. as a student everyone makes you feel like you have to you have to take every opportunity that people throw at you, you get, yes. and it's not necessarily that because you have to also think what's also good for me like I don't want to mm -hmm. go and see something that's going to shock me and I can never get that picture out of my mind or anything right, yeah. like that but I want to know that you know I've taken the best out of a bad situation and learned from it mm -hmm. do you get what I mean? Definitely. Yeah, completely. Like, I kind of feel like your nursing experiences should not traumatise you. They should be beneficial and they should be, like, almost life lessons. And, like, the way Zain, I've said it, you can apply what you see to your own practice and you take yeah. everybody and you perfect it and turn it into your own. And I guess mm -hmm. that's how you perfect your own nursing style. And yeah. that's the beauty of being a nurse. Like, we are all nurses, be it students, be it qualified for many years. Exactly, and it's the kind of profession where we never stop learning. You know, you yeah. can meet a student nurse and she does something in a certain way and you love it so much and you adopt it, you know, and then you can meet yeah. another nurse and she does something and you think, I don't get why she did it like that. Mm. No, I don't yeah. understand that. But to her, that method works. Works, yeah, yeah. no, exactly. So you can't but, not anyone for doing it. Yeah, exactly. But I, I completely, like, hear what you're saying. Like, when you're new... You just want to do everything right. You don't want to step on anybody's toes. You want to get in the way. Yeah. You just don't. You just want to do things. And I think the first twelve hours, you just want to get through it. You just yeah. want to. You're looking at the clock. You're sat in handover. You're trying not to look at anybody too much. You're just trying to concentrate. Mm -hmm. Use your mentor. You're trying to take in all the patients that are coming. Trying to understand the abbreviation. Trying to understand what's going on. And then when they say right, um, Diane and I don't know Jemima. Um, they want to think you're thinking oh my god and your heart is like doo -doo 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 -doo, like oh my god oh my god oh my god and yeah. I don't know if mm. I even I think my first placement was general beads like clinical ward clinical my and I think we, we were together. together we were together even we started and ended and in the same place yeah we yeah. started and I must say like the difference when we started oh, and yeah. to the end and I think for you two already which is why me and Jerry were like, we wanted to bring on second years first because having gone through first and second, you can see your own progression. Yeah. Like, you can also you can see, see the big jump between first and second year. Yeah. And, mm. um, I feel like what is expected of you as a, fir as a first year and as a 
and as a second year mm. the gap is huge it it's is. like all of a sudden you go into year two and everyone expects you to know your stuff oh, everything yeah whereas you know yeah it's okay to say i don't know it and I, i'm gonna go and read up on it and find out it's like mm-hmm. sometimes it can it can be like for example like you guys are coming to the end of your second year you could be mm-hmm. like oh why don't you know this it's like if you haven't had an experience yeah experience or a placement in a certain place sometimes you're not exposed to those things mm. yeah. it's being able I think bridging that gap and seeing like you know what I have I've, I have learned learned sorry from when I was a first year now because what well, I'm about to hit third year I'm about to start doing management and stuff like this have like kind of like when you start your day or your night shift you have a certain plan of how your night will go exactly. your, night may, your shift may not go like that mm. you have a plan as to like it runs in your head exactly. what to expect obviously things will happen then it's mm. like you kind of find your way of handling situations mm-hmm. and taking it from there and then that will just continue to flourish as you guys grow in your nursing journey literally it's literally there literally um what is to ask mm-hmm. has nurse has, has nursing turned out to be what you expected it to be no (laughs) it's very different because i think it's very different like what was your interpretation of nursing prior to starting the course um i'm not gonna lie i think i've watched one too many medical dramas (laughs) 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 i think i've watched one, one too many all i know like for me i just see like um nurses like running around trying to do one thing or the other trying to look after this patient trying to do this and i was like i mean are they just is that all they do just run around sorry florence can you repeat yourself is that all they do what not really yeah sorry yeah so basically i thought because i for me it's okay so because i think i watched one too many one too many medical dramas yeah like Holby City or Casualty mm-hmm. so it was like oh um they just run around either giving medicate like giving IVs here or trying to do I don't know um CPR on someone if someone's like now gone into like cardiac arrest and I was like is are they just like hey, is that what you thought nursing was or is that what you've seen on the shows from what I've seen on the show, but like, um, I, like, it was a very, it was a very, like, it was a very obscured view mm. of But I think going into it, it's so much more like, um, we are advocates for our patients. We are also like health educators in the sense mm. of like, especially like patients who might have, like, if they have um, leg ulcers, if they are diabetic, mm. um, um, that kind of thing, like how to educate them, how to, they can like do self-management, these kind of things and how they can like adapt with having these long-term conditions and how to manage them safely and effectively. So it's like it's it's a bit more than just like running around and giving medication. It's like mm. it's just, it's so much more like it, we actually are like their voices when they can't speak 
for themselves yeah. and like it, I've had to do that probably like on one or two occasions and it's it's quite daunting especially like when you're having to face relatives and you're trying to tell them like look like your relative is going through such and such at the moment this is what we like this is the treatment plan that has been set out for them however mm. there's been I don't know a diversion due to I don't know like a decline in their like health over the last I don't know 12 hours or so mm-hmm. and like obviously pay, like the relatives can be very very pushy that's one thing I've realized relatives can be very very pushy when it comes to um that particular patient and it's completely understandable because like that's like their mom their dad brother sister cousin you name it yeah but at the same time <laughs> I have I have to just jump in there so yeah about like the pushy relative so in pediatrics they're all pushy let your mom tell you herself (laughs) in pediatrics you're dealing with their baby like their precious little one Mm -hmm. and when you're dealing with parents their child is the most important person in the in the unit in a and e yeah in that Mm -hmm. moment is gold yeah. And if you don't come when they call the bell, if you don't attend to them when they want you to attend to them, if you don't tell them how they want to hear it, some parents are, are fine. Some parents, you know, are graceful and they, they, they understand. They can read the room and they can yeah. say, okay, it's very busy. Like, we can do this or we can wait. But you do have some very demanding parents. And I think as a student, I don't know if you have felt it, the two of you, like Zainab, Gigi, and if you felt it when we were training, that when they saw you were a student, I don't know if they said they took advantage, but they knew you were eager to impress or to do well. So mm. they almost like, I don't know if I can't, I don't know if I'm it properly, but when you're a student, you work so hard. You work more than the staff members. That's just my personal opinion. Oh, like, yeah. you're, you're trying, doing, to, get your, you're trying to get your pad ticked off. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like when people observe that, they almost there's an element of taking advantage, and I think you have to be able to then begin to assert yourself without mm-hmm. being fearful. Yeah, you know, like so. I'll give you an example when I was on that general ward in first year, we had a parent whose child sold the bed. And the mother pressed the buzzer and came and said to me, the bed is dirty. Oh, wow. You know, when you look at the patient and you look at the mum, and you're just kind of thinking, I don't even know, like, what to say to you. Because I can't, I'm a professional, so I can't step out of my professional hat. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's another thing, like, we'll come to that question as well, is, like, how do you deal with challenges of professionalism? Because... There's some moments where you're at work and you know when you feel like somebody's really going to take you out of your professional zone mm. here because they're pushing you and yeah. they're making you have to remember that you're a nurse and you have a code to live by and you can't mm-hmm. talk like that. But then you also forget people don't almost see you. They just see nurse. Yeah. I want to jump in. I think that experience, Diane, might be down to the demographic of the area that we were working in. Yeah. I haven't... I, Apart from then, I haven't had that in many other places. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, true. That hospital we were in, 
quite an affluent area, yeah, um, area of London, and the clientele were very oh. much, you know, yeah, demanding. Italy. Yeah, I, I don't know whether that's just down to the demographic of the area. Because I think of where like where I work now, and it's very unlikely that would happen. And even if that was to happen, nurses mm. would probably tell their parents like, "Here you go." Is your bed sheet? You oh. can do it. You know where the sluice is. There you go. Um, I think one question I do want to ask, and that's obviously to everybody, is mm. do you feel respected in your role? Like when you're in a clinical environment, when you're um a big clinical, big community, but you're you're a nurse, you're in your profession, do you mm. feel respected by your colleagues, by patients, by families? I think I do feel respected. I think there is a certain level of respect, but I, at the same time, I feel like, for example, like, like okay, for example, like um, a pa- placement that I did last year, um, it was in an acute unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was... I was allowed to look after like three patients in a six bedded bay. So obviously the doctors now come to say that, Oh, um, who's the nurse looking after such and such, um, such and such patient. And I said, that will be me. Yes. The nurse is there to oversee in case of anything that I'm unsure of. Mm-hmm. However, that was me. And they kind of like over like this in a way, like they, dismiss what I said is like but where is the nurse I said that's me I have to literally put my I'm the one looking after station x so what exactly is it that um what what is the next point of action for this patient Mm. so they explained I did call I did call over the um the registered nurse that was helping to look after the, the entire bay just to kind of listen in so if I need further advice they can explain oh this is what is going this is so this is what's going to happen this is yeah. what you need to do or what I would typically do but I just thought it was like it was really like it was quite rude yeah but they didn't uh, like they didn't see they just saw like a uniform. They just saw, and because our lanyard say student nurse, they just saw, oh, you're just a student. Mm-hmm. And because they yeah. used to see, they used to see the nurse's uniform of a particular like look. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I know you're a nurse, but I know you're a student. So it's like, it's quite, it's quite yeah. annoying having to put my foot down, but it needs to be done. Yeah. So and I under completely and I. Completely, Completely understood where what the doctor was saying and what I needed to do. If I did further advice, I can go to my practice supervisor and say, like, look, um, the doctor said this. Could you just explain? And uh, I obviously I asked the doctors, were like, everything you've said to me, can you please document it in the patient? Yeah. Doctors will see the patient, but they won't document anything. So it's like. Then do you feel like documented my bit? Do you feel like the doctors, or like even the staff, just the nurses on the ward, would have showed you respect? Or do you think like what I'm going from what you're saying is like like the doctors, like you said, they overlook and see okay, student nurse, I don't need her, I need 
need the nurse and do you feel like sometimes you can say to them like okay these are my patients I am looking after them what is the plan yeah like I, I think like with how much my confidence is I can say like yes like mm-hmm. I, 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 I've, I've, what you've literally said, I've literally said that verbatim. Where like, what is the next, what is the next point of call? What are we doing? Because mm-hmm. if you don't say anything, they're just gonna think, okay, like I just need to find a nurse or whatever. So, yeah. I, but I always, I always call whoever like, like a particular day. Mm-hmm. I always call them over to like listen in on what's happening just in case like I'm I may misinterpret something or I don't understand anything so I can and in the patient's files I can document Dr K to see patient X X, Mm -hmm. they explained blah 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 please see medical notes for point of reference and I sign put the date and the time so at least I've done my part to say I've documented what what had taken place so I, I don't know what more I can say from that, really. No, that makes sense. And what um, about Zainab? Yeah, Zainab, have you had anything similar? Yeah, definitely. Um, again, it's all down to the ward. Um, I remember my first placement, mm. my first clinical placement, should I say, um, the doctors were, they acted as if I didn't exist, not just me, every other student nurse. I mean some of them didn't even like you know i like to say good morning i mean it's just yeah mad. yeah you know going good morning everyone how you doing whatever okay. um and i've had several doctors ignore me so that was oh. like yeah that was my first kind of view of doctors so i remember yeah. starting my next placement and i thought oh, they're just going to be the same so um at first i didn't say good morning i said good morning to the nurses but you know when the doctors will come later on I just kept myself and again that's not good nursing practice because you need to communicate like communication is key you need to be able to speak to everyone on your ward and I think it was the same day the first day when I started my second placement I noticed a complete difference I mean these doctors were so again lovely they spoke to me they spoke to everyone they included everyone so I don't know if everyone knows, but a student nurse sometimes get assigned, gets assigned to a registered nurse, senior nurse, whoever, and you work with them for the day when you first begin. And then as you progress, then you start to go off on your own. But um, when I was working with the nurse on the day, I remember the doctors and nurses, including everyone in that conversation, whereas the previous ward, I was completely left out. I wasn't spoken to at all. Yeah, um that that <coughs> I experienced that. Um and then I think after after that it was every other ward that I had worked on, um, they were all completely different. But every time I've gone back to that ward, it's that same kind of vibe. Mm. So I think it just depends on where you are and it's a comp- it's a different hospital to where I am now. Mm. And with that sometimes I feel like senior members of the nursing team like Mm. the more elderly ones I I, I feel like they kind of have the same the same opinion on student nurses they feel like oh they're student nurses you know we should really they're not I I don't know whether they think we're not 
as up to date as everyone else or I, I really don't know what they think but they sometimes can come across again quite rude yes but I just don't understand why um like what you just said is so key why you know we're coming up in the profession we want to be nurses we're here inspired to be yeah and the whole point is you're here to learn from them i'm not trying to take your job i'm not trying to come and show you that i know i've swallowed the textbook i'm going to spell out information and words and show off no Mm -hmm. and i don't think they realize that that can put somebody off being a nurse. It does. Yeah, big time. And I kind of feel like if there are any older nurses, if they call themselves older nurses, that are listening to this episode, it will be very nice to get their feedback. Like, have you been that kind of nurse in a ward environment where you've been a bit standoffish? Or yeah, a bit you've been a student nurse the time of day because you feel mm-hmm. like well, it's a student. And... I don't know if you both have ever experienced it, but there have been times when, for example, um, you know when you, like, you're new and then people go, oh, there's students again. And they say it so loud that the student can hear and you're thinking nobody wants to feel that they're not wanted. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No one wants to be a burden. You know, mm-hmm. I want to learn and move on. I think as a student, you want to learn, get the best opportunity, get your book signed, and onto the next thing and I kind of yeah. feel like as qualified practitioners we're all gonna be in that we've all been there we've all yeah. been at that stage in our career none of us have skipped that stage yeah yeah and I think it's an attitude in nursing we have to improve we have to pull it out we have to pull it out and I, I think that's why that I think that's why like even now I always make sure that any student that comes to my department like feel like they're one of us like I don't think yes there's hierarchy there will always be hierarchy mm-hmm. everyone should feel included we are one team mm-hmm. yeah we like we're all here for the same reason yeah so why shouldn't why shouldn't everyone be included together and work together that way it makes your day easier and my day easier yeah, yeah. and I think one thing that me and Gigi always say and I think anyone listening all the student nurses any first year second years third years the season nurses, nursing is a small world. That pool is very small. You know, the nurse that you can be nursing with today could be on the panel tomorrow. You yeah. know, yeah. Zainab could be the student nurse today and in four years she's on the panel interviewing that older nurse who was rude to her. Yeah, and definitely. You don't forget um, encounters, you don't forget exchanges, you don't forget people. Yeah. Um, you know, Gigi will attest to this. We have like so we did our first clinical placement and our final twelve week on the same ward, like I think mm-hmm. eight of us. Wow. And like our core group of nursing friends and we are all still friends to this day, like five years yeah. on. Mm. There's actually a picture of us. Mm. on our last picture and we'll, we'll put the pe- pe- um, we'll put the picture on one of the posts and we were like running that ward by third year like oh, if you remember it was like, so mad like you come on you come on and there's literally like all of you on, yeah. on this 30 bedded unit and you've got like eight student nurses just running around running around <laughs> and the funniest thing if you had said in the beginning we were going to be like that mm. I would have been the first one to say who? me? <laughs> 
because I was the first one that was crying that my foot was hurting, that my back was hurting. Mommy, I don't like it. So you can imagine. And I think that's one thing I would say as a student nurse is you have to reflect and praise yourself. Yeah. Um, you have to see positives in each day because there are going to be days where it's crap. Yeah. I can't lie. That's the reality. Like, I feel like you cannot sugarcoat nursing, especially the journey. And the, like, we all go in the same direction, but how we get there is totally different. Mm-hmm. And we have different challenges. We're coming on to challenges. So like Gigi was saying like earlier before, the yeah. fact that some people are parents while they study. You know, they are getting up at seven, six to get themselves ready, to get the kids ready, to drop them off, mm-hmm. to run, to lecture. Yep. Like nursing, I think it's probably the hard I don't, I don't have kids, but nursing is probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Mm. And those time moments I was like, Yeah, I can't do small, I'm going to quit. And then you see like your other classmates who have like three, three or four kids, kids and they're still managing to do this and little old yeah. me here is here sweating like I can't do this like <laughs> so. you think you're breaking your back and she's got kids waiting for her at home to do homework plus her own assignment and you're like yeah. like Zainab how have you found it on this course and like how have you found motherhood nursing like has it been for you um, do you know what I, I always say like sometimes I try to say yeah I'm all right I struggle a lot, like, especially during quarantine. It's not just affected me, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. physically, not being able to do my work. I've really struggled doing my work um, during quarantine because I have three assignments and an exam. My exam was online, um, yeah. and I remember I sorted out the older one, and then the baby, he's not a baby, he's two, but he is so clean. <laughs> so I remember he... He pooped. I gave them their snacks. I gave them breakfast, made them sit down. And I was like, hey, let me start. So he sat down on me, watching Peppa Pig. And then I was there trying to get this done. Then he pooped. So I had to change him. And I just thought to myself, I remember thinking at the time, like, oh, my goodness. Like, what am I doing? Like, do I, do I really want to do this? Um, and then there's other times where, like, I finish uni. I need to go and collect them from my parents' house. Oh, that's one thing having a support system I mean it's so amazing I can't tell you how much my family supported me through this and I don't know where I'd be without them like honestly I don't believe I would have finished my course or even been here during my second year without my family my sister's also a student wife so whenever she's off she's her in her second year as well and we're at the same uni but we don't always see each other every time um she's off she'll help my mum with the children and like everyone like works around and they really really support me and without that support I would be nothing but again during quarantine my mental health has been tested just because I mean you're always around each other and you know in the beginning you couldn't go to your family's house that you have to stay at your own house so I remember just thinking oh my god like all right I'm gonna start it as soon as they go to sleep I'd put them to sleep and I'd fall asleep mm. at 10 o'clock, maybe even nine o'clock some days. And like, oh. I just thought to myself, if I continue doing this, how am I ever going to get it done? Mm. And then slowly as lockdown eased up, um, I had my sister come and stay with me and we took turns. So sometimes she'd take care of the kids. I'd do my work and then we'd swap like that. 
but again I've got a support system and there are people out there with no support it's just them and their children and I yeah honestly I don't know how they do it but I feel like the work the placement not the placement but I feel placements are easier than the theory side like the practical really? is yeah like the theory is what bothers me I, I enjoy placement so much even if I'm having like a rubbish day or like I'm worked super hard mm. I don't mind it because it's it's work it's like what we do yeah. but the theory like having to go back and forth to uni and all the exams and the essay writing the assignments that I think that's what I have an issue with mm. it's just not long and unnecessary because you you learn but I feel I learn more when I'm doing my practical Mm -hmm. yeah um, I, I, i'm a practical learner yeah. um if we study something in class i can understand it and i'll write the notes but i need to physically do it and yeah exactly to understand yeah. what i've um, actually done and retain it yeah um, and i think again that's another thing for any of our, our listeners is identify what kind of learner you are yeah, yeah. definitely and to access the best resources there's no point being a visual learner and you need to see things and then you're burying yourself in books you know yeah, definitely. get the theory but if you know you need to apply it that's where you use your mentor use yeah. your educator use your personal tutor use your program leader and i think again that comes with confidence that comes with time as you learn to adjust into the course you learn to settle in you, you learn about the people you're studying with, you, you create bonds. Mm -hmm. You can become vulnerable and say, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't understand what I'm doing. And I think that's a big thing as a student. You need to be able to say, like Dana has owned it. Like, if I need are, help. Yeah, like I can't yeah. do this or I don't understand what I'm doing. Because at the end of the day, you're going to be nurses. Think this time next year, you'll be qualifying. You'll mm -hmm. be a registered nurse. You'll belong to... A professional body and you will be accountable for every decision that you make every note every observation every intervention why did you do that what was your rationale you will have mm -hmm. to have that rationale yeah and this is the i feel like student time is a protected time this is the time to say i have no idea what's going on like at all yeah and i think following I from diane's point like to find out what type of learner you are like if you think that you may you're suffering from like learning difficulties because like, I'm dyslexic and it was one of the things I got tested and I only found that out in, in uni and I think if I didn't find like it, it puts things into perspective as to why certain things wouldn't happen or certain tests I just couldn't do so it's utilizing all everything that's around yeah. to, give, to give you the best chance in completing your course and doing what's right for you really yeah and at the end of the day I think as a student nurse, you put in like what you get in, what, what you, yeah. what you put in is what you get out of it. Yeah. Um, and I would definitely say like, for me personally, like throughout my whole nursing career and just like studying nursing, it was always just like, I don't really know. I'm not sure. Will I do it? Will I do it? And first year was rocky for me. It was the kind of year where I was just like, I don't want to do this, but like, I don't like this. This is not fun. My yeah. friends are having fun. And Can I'm I ask, angry. what was it that you didn't like? Like, what, what was it that made you feel that way? Was there anything in particular 
Um, it was like a reality check in a sense of I felt really old. Um, I felt like my friends were having such a good time. Yeah. Mm. They were going to uni once or twice a week. They were going out almost every weekend. They were living the university life that had been advertised in college. Yeah. yeah. You're going to go to uni and you're going to live your best life. You're going to turn up. You're going to be club hopping from this place. You're going to go to bar fest. You're going to go to yeah. this wickedest, wickedest rave and all this stuff. And, and the funniest part is I'm not even a raver. Like you I'm not even having the opportunity to do it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But I think I felt like it was taken from me because of how my course was structured. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, and then I kind of felt this animosity towards the course that you're not letting me be young. You're not letting me live my best life. My back is hurting me. I'm 20 years old, <laughs> but my back hurt. Like, yeah. I was just looking for reasons like it. Yeah, and I mean, I credit to my mum because my final placement. So when we were first years, you did like a placement, I think in every kind of area. Like you did like peds, but you had one adult placement you had to do. Oh, yeah. oh my God. It was oh, yeah. adult placement. Yeah, one <laughs> adult one. Boy. So, my, so my one was on a COPD, which is, um, gosh, what is it? Is it obstructive? Yeah. Yeah, and that's like a lot of phlegm, a lot of coughing. And I remember the first day, the first day, I turned up, my mentor was lovely, but she was going on annual leave and it was a four week placement. She was there for like a week and a half then she was gone for three weeks. Mm. And on day one, I remember going downstairs into like the atrium area, like so like a foyer, calling my mum. And my mum, if she's listening, she'll remember this conversation. And I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I can't, they're fitting in the spot. Like, I just can't, I can't do this. <laughs> and my mum was like, literally was like so what do you want me to do <laughs> what you're there and i'm here so make a decision if you don't want to do it go and tell your mentor you don't want to be a nurse anymore take off your uniform but on your way think about what you're going to do when you get to the house because you're not going to sit at home no i think that's right like my adult placement tested me and even like my friends that i lived with at the time like weirdly enough we all happened to be on our adult placements at the same time and my dad said, like, I'm not someone that raves. I'm not someone that yeah. goes out drinking all the time. But we got to a point, like, the only way we could cope with that placement was to drink. And it's yeah. like fi- finding your coping mechanisms and also trying all the different branches of nursing. I opened my eyes, like, one, I made a great choice. Do you yeah, definitely. <laughs> There's certain things I can do and certain things I can't do. And I definitely was not yeah but oh man it was it it it's one of those things like it humbled not humbled my mom made me think like you're you're now a grown-up you need to be accountable for your decisions you made yeah. the choice yeah. and if she never had that conversation with me i would have walked out i probably would have left and said i don't want to do it anymore yeah and in my mind i'm like i'm not a quitter i can do this i can yeah. be enough that's why this course i, I can do it and I can't lie to you, like, the placement was fine like, for the rest of it, and it was really interesting. And I did grow to really love the patients. But never again, being an adult, ever. That was the first and the last, ever, mm. ever, ever. But like I said, like, you go through peaks and troughs, I think, as a student. Yeah, big time. You know? And that part of being 
a good student. No, if any student has a perfect journey, they're lying to you. Big time. They're lying to you. And you're going to get the people, aren't you, GP? You're going to get the people in your class who are like gloating. Oh my God. Learn. But then it makes you think those people, are they really doing what they need to be doing? Because, for example, like you have those people that like get straight A's or straight, what is it? What's the first? Anything above 70. They get above 70 all the time, but yet in placement, they're failing. Yeah. Like, you've got to... It's easy to gloat and make up certain situations that work in your favour, but the honest truth, people don't tell you. Mm. People don't tell you. And Mm. someone that you think might be doing better than you, actually behind, not behind closed doors, but you don't know what they're actually going through because you don't see every aspect as you're saying. Yeah. So, yeah. So it might work the same because you were saying they might be getting 70s, but then on the other side, you've got people that are doing really well in placement and then they're struggling with their theory. But they, yeah, but then because, yeah. like, we've got group chats, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I love my group chat. Um, there's, you've got a lot of fun in there, but then, like, we talk about serious things too, mm. which is important. But, um, like, when you have people gloating, then you've got other people that are afraid to say that they're not doing so well yeah. because everyone else is doing better than them. And mm-hmm. I think that's really sad as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I struggle, I've always been one to say I'm struggling. So mm-hmm. I, can, I feel that I can go into my group chat. And, again, it's just the people around you. I mean, them allowing you to make – sorry, them allowing you to make – them making you feel – comfortable enough to share with them how you're feeling yeah that that plays a huge part as well in your nursing journey your student nurse journey definitely being able to speak to your peers that are going through the exact same thing as you but in a different way um that really helps as well you you take from their experience sometimes and then also some of them advise you um i've got some of my fellow student nurses that have given me really good advice mm. whether it be placement or you know even theory I've had yeah. um yeah. got little study groups going and not everyone has time for study groups yeah. but if you find a select few from that group chat you can message them privately and get things done so you yeah. just need to find people that are on your wavelength as well yeah um but yeah I find that helps and That's I think great. it's what? amazing to hear that you have such a good support system, like personally and within your university. Like you have formed that; it's not meant to be forced upon you. Like girls, boys support each other. You know, do this. Like people have just assumed that we're we're a team. Like we're a, we're a workforce, and we need to be mm-hmm. there. Like we are. You look are the future. You're the one coming up, and mm-hmm. you are the way maker for the ones that are to come. And I think we need to nurture that togetherness, that sense of, you know, it's not one man for themselves. It's we're all going to walk off that stage together when we graduate. Yeah. We yeah. want to be together. And if you can help your mate up, why not? You don't lose anything if you do that. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And some people, they get really threatened by it. And yeah. again, don't understand that because as you're saying, we're all going to, we're all going to be in the same place together. And, and I want to be. We all want to be there. Who, yeah. who, who wants to be all excited? And you're looking for your friends. Like we've all got our grades. Like we're all going to book our graduation gowns. And boom, that like you're not there. 
Mm. You don't want that. You all want to be celebrating that we're all registered, we're all getting jobs, we're all getting to that point when we're time. It's that time now. We're ready to start. Um, another thing I wanted to say, so we're not name-calling, but my university, from the get-go, I think they are the most disorganised with work, placement, and the rest of it as a whole I think they're very unorganized mm-hmm. and it's been like that from the very beginning from the first year so if anything would make me want to quit well I, I never really thought about quitting in the first year but mm-hmm. second year that's why I asked you earlier on Diane because um yeah. why why first year because I feel like you're so fresh into it um mm-hmm. you know but um a lot of my friends that started with me they're not here now because yeah. of how the university is set up and yeah. it's really sad mm-hmm. but then the one good thing as I said is the group chat I'm telling you yeah. like that is like a major support system for everyone not everyone because mm-hmm. people might not agree with it but for the majority of us I feel that it's made such a huge difference mm-hmm. and that's what's kept us going yeah just knowing yeah. that we've got everyone else with us yeah, yeah. Um, I think, as you said like some of the, some of the friends that you've made but not aren't here now, like still on the course. I mean, that was something that we faced as well. Because, like, I think when we started, for example, our class, like, pediatrics had, like, 60 people. Mm-hmm. I think when we finished uni, we had about 30 people. Like, half of our class had dropped yeah. out. Not just yeah. due to, like, uni being completely messy or anything. I think just life. People are not realising yeah. how, how much is actually needed to complete this degree. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. People don't understand how I wouldn't say it's demanding, but it is, in, it is. to an extent. No, yeah, it is to an extent, and then the lifestyle as well. There's a lot you need to put on hold, especially yeah. that demand a lot. I yeah. don't think a lot of students. There are a few that dropped out because they felt it weren't for them, but mm-hmm. the majority they were genuinely willing to go ahead with it. But just because of how university set up and like. I think not being not giving us as much support with our work and assignments and stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have to leave. Um, mm-hmm. And then I remember there was another pair of mine and um, pregnancy, and the uni was so unsupportive. And I was so shocked because I thought, well, not I thought, I know for a fact being pregnant has nothing to do with your ability to learn. You can continue learn learning. Mm-hmm. You give birth either send your baby to childcare or wherever um, and you continue. But um, I remember that being an issue and I wasn't happy with that. Um, Mm. But again, like unions and stuff, I feel like we need to be, they need to be a bit more promoted within like the nursing, student nursing community. As students, are you guys signed up to to unions? Yeah. I yeah. haven't done it just yet. I've been saying I need to do it for the past <laughs> year and a half, but I haven't. So I'm going to get on that. It's on my to-do list. Okay. Florence? Yeah. And so you haven't, have you joined a union yet? Um, personally, no. I haven't joined. <laughs> I was supposed to, but yeah, it's on my to-do list. Yeah, <laughs> COVID happened. I think that's a legit reason not to join yet. Yeah. Corona happened. God, yeah. Corona. Oh, God, Corona. 
Don't get me started. No, let's not, don't even get me started on that. Yeah, I don't know how you guys do it, but again, I am so in awe of you. <laughs> like working overtime. On overtime. But do you do you so talking about okay, Corona students now? Do you? feel the way the NHS has been promoted as like this hero ideology that they've put out for the NHS and all of this, um, what I would say, clapping every week and praising them and all that. How, as a student nurse, how do you perceive that? Um, do you know what? There are so many staff members that have been through hell and back but they've made like the best out of their situation I know so many of you guys have worked extremely hard and you deserve all the recognition you're getting but I feel like it's it's not fake love but it's fake love because where was it before do you know what I mean like corona's yeah. hair yes yeah. this huge pandemic that needed a lot of attention it still needs attention mm. but I mean there are people that are just as sick every day from other illnesses and mm-hmm. you know and they're cared for and treated by NHS staff and nobody recognized it before until corona came along mm-hmm. um i i agree with all the recognition that it's it's nice that they're finally giving the NHS staff some recognition and writing off a few debts but my issue is how is it going to go on after and then yeah. to add to that, yeah. as a student nurse, um, with opting in, um, they decided they were going to pay us as, you know, a little, I don't know if you want to call it a gift or to see. I'm not sure why, but they decided to pay us. I mean, I'm all for it, happy. But then there's been this new thing come about where we're going to be, our payments are going to stop come July and of July um, and again that goes to show after Corona finishes well it's not going to finish but once this pandemic is over or not as like yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah what's going to happen it's just going to go back to being how it was before and yeah. that's not fair that I don't agree with like I so, think as a whole how how the health how healthcare in general has been treated. I wouldn't say it's shocking, but not 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 as a negative. It's been great. Like, I think it's great that we've finally been recognised for like what we've been yeah. doing for like we've been come. But well, I don't know in your own departments, but I can see like in A and E things are beginning to go back to normal. People are beginning to act towards us as they were pre Corona. And it's like, mm-hmm. these will be the same people that on a Thursday at eight are here clapping for us. So the same ones that are now, for example, asking about wait times, why is it taking so long, blah, 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 blah. Like you said, um, Zainab, I just think it's fake love. Yeah. Like, people are doing anything to appease us because like now we're saying like nurses would, would healthcare in general would like a pay raise. We're not going to get that because, you know, we are clapping every week for 10 weeks or so. And in terms of student nurses, I think it's pants that like pulled the funding for you guys to have funding because people have had to opt in. People can choose to opt in or not. But 
we all put our lives at risk to help yeah. fight this. That's something like I've always said. It's like we've gone to like we've gone to war. Like we are now the army fighting this virus that we can't see. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of recognition, and I think you know what you guys have worked pretty hard to get where you are. Yeah. And I think it's quite shocking for them to treat you like this. But I know I've, I've spoken about this with a few other colleagues, and people have mixed feelings. I can't lie. Like we've not none of us have ever lived through a pandemic, ever been through anything like this. But I think. Yeah. It's new for everyone and it's been a lot of trial and error of trying to get things started and sorted. I still don't think it's fair that they've scrapped it from you guys. Yeah, nor do I. But, um... Yeah. What do you say about it, Florence? Um, I'm not gonna... Like, the first week of when it happened... Were you on placement? Like... At the time, no, I was on placement. So, unfortunately, my university had decided to pull out all nursing students from placement because of the whole um, pandemic. And they, I, I don't know what was going on, but there was a there was a lot of like hearsay and basic. And I think in terms of like the trust not communicating with the university and blah blah. blah. Anyways, we got pulled out. So I had only completed like literally my first week of my placement and I was supposed to be there for what six weeks mm-hmm. so I got pulled out so I just tried to complete as many skills as I could yeah before obviously um the next my next placement um so the first week of when the whole clap for the carers clap for the NHS happened I thought oh this is a cute gesture blah 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 the second time I was like okay like cute still bips not really doing much for us mm-hmm. it might help boost morale for some but I think by the third and upteenth time I just got bored of it and I was like it's not really doing anything for us it's like it's a case of like nurses have been demanding for an increase in pay for years now yeah and they only got an increase of like is it one percent or something like that i can't remember i can't remember the statistic um the percentage exactly and that's like we we go through hell like we have to deal with so much bs from all corners from whether it's from management whether it's from relatives whether it's from patients themselves Mm. for to get this kind of backlash like you're it's like i'm being hugged i'm being hugged with one hand but slapped with the other it yeah. doesn't make any sense it's like it's, it's not paying my bills it's not doing <laughs> anything for me and then no like like let's just let's let's be real about it it's not really paying our bills True. and it's 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 so dis- mm-hmm. like i don't i don't like to have a negative view, like a bit, i don't like to be a pessimist or have a negative view on, on this but i just feel like it's just getting to the point like people like i'm getting bored of it i think yeah. people are slowly starting to get bored of it and um like they just i think nurses staff doctors like I think everybody just wants to kind of go back to normal they just want to kind of go back to what they were doing but it's a case of like this country like we've taken the NHS for granted let's just be honest with ourselves like 
we have taken it for granted. Like it's been standing for 70 years strong, but it's like how long can it hold out until Yeah. But saying that flow, and that's like a really good point that you've raised, is yeah, it's so ironic that the government Mm. bore down the National Health Service and literally had it on its knees. Mm. Yeah. Now the most reliant on it, you know, for everything. Everything mm-hmm. that we didn't need, we didn't have, was exposed. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they had made all these cuts. They had privatised certain beds, certain services, you know, taking away NHS bursaries, making nurses have to pay mm-hmm. their degree. Yeah. That is a workforce that we are in dire need of. We need nurses. We have yeah. a shortage exactly. of 2,000 nurses. And I think... If you listen to the other episodes, we talk about the shortage so much because it is that short, yeah. you know. And you're kind of denying citizens their right to good practitioners. Yeah, because yeah. as much as somebody wants to be a nurse, they don't want to think about a hefty bill at the end of it. Exactly. Like, when I finish, I won't even have, I won't even make enough to pay any of that back. That's mm-hmm. going to be there that I'm leaving with. But yeah, I'm passionate about this career so what do i do do i choose the debt versus the career or do i just sit it out so i think my question would be the student nurses who are listening and obviously today i've been florent who are in the chat devil's advocate would say nursing is not about the money nursing is about the vocation Mm -hmm. about the care Mm -hmm. so how do you still want to be a nurse after seeing everything that's happened to nurses before mm. during the pandemic and now what still drives you to want to be a nurse yeah mm. it's, it's i think i think for me it's i think it's just seeing that little change every day like yes it's hard like i like there'll be days like i come home like if, if even if it's like i'm working as like I'm on placement or mm. if I'm working like as a care support worker or whatever like my mum will always ask me like how was your day how did your shift go I'm tired like I, I was tired I had a good shift but I'm tired there's certain days I, I, I'm not gonna lie to patients they'll be doing funny funny things and it just it just it's like the highlight of my day kind of thing because they'll do one odd thing I'll be like you be for real and then but there's certain things they would they would do I'd be like why would you do that so like I mean I, I all it always it, no day is the same yeah no day is the yeah. same so but yeah I mean I guess I want to change the world and how are you guys um, feeling about with all of this going on how are you guys feeling about going into third year because I think where you are now, you'll be qualified. But mm. with that, let me just say, um, so for those of us who have opted in, we've been, we were supposed to work all the way through until our yeah. first placement yeah. of third year, mm. right? But um, we were given a six-month contract, some of us, I don't know, I'm pretty sure all of us, it was contracted we've all been contracted to six months yeah but now the issue is a lot of students 
or like in my group chat as I was saying a lot of them feel disheartened they they're not optimistic anymore about any of it and they feel that after their I think it's a nine-week placement we're doing right now mm-hmm. as soon as that nine-week mark is over they're going to just leave they're not going to continue over through the summer period because they're not getting paid and a lot of and that's another thing as well a lot of um fellow students have left their jobs in order to take this on yeah like yeah. I know a lot of students in my group chat have been saying they left their jobs for this um so they're now worrying about what they're going to do and how they're going to live because they've got bills to pay um so that's that's another issue right now but we were supposed to be so my uni have already set out their clause plan and we've got a seven week placement once we begin in september mid-september i believe mm-hmm. so now mm-hmm. the issue is if everyone drops out after the nine week placement is over our uni is going to have to organize a whole new placement for us in september because i'm not sure we're going to be able to just go back to the same ward that we've been working on which is another issue itself so also what happens with your hours correct everyone still has to complete 2300 hours in both placement and theory this is like completely messed everything up no it has and nmc said that they were going to move things around a little to give us some leeway Mm. but when you look at it i mean this whole 80 20 split it's not really 80 20 we're just yeah that, that's nonsense basically we're working the same amount we're doing the same amount of placement and we're doing the same amount of theory there's been no change whatsoever the only thing was we were going to get a bit of payment for the six months which has now ended up being just two months or less yeah um, but in terms of the placement the, the hours some unis um so there's another uni not mine they said that they're going to count all hours towards the final amount. Whereas with my uni, we're only allowed to work those nine weeks. So no matter how much we work, we can only record the nine weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah, which doesn't make sense again. Yeah, so we'll be working all this time throughout the holiday and whatever, but we still need to, we we can't record any of our hours. And that's not fair because again, we're being taken away that's we like have less of a life again. No, no summer holiday. No time with our families to do our work. So basically, they're saying we still need you, but what you're doing is not going to go towards your qualification. But you still need yeah, you. and it's not fair. Cheeky. They've just completely, yeah, really cheeky. Now, <laughs> do you feel like you could go to your union? Like, let's say you belong to one. Mm-hmm. Do you? you could go to them with this issue and something could be done? Or do you think because it's a government issue and it's, it's all logistics that nothing could be done about it? I don't think anything can be done. I mean, we've signed hundreds of petitions. I know, I've, I've signed every petition that comes through my phone just because <laughs> how passionately I feel about everything yeah. that's happening. Yeah. Um, I've even contemplated starting my own petition but then I just feel like, what's the point? Because nothing's going to change. Once they've made up their mind, I feel like, personally, I feel once they've said something, that's what's going to go. Mm-hmm. What they say goes. Whereas, although we might have opinions and we might feel a certain type of way and it's really affecting us, um, it doesn't make any difference. It's not going to change anything. 
And then, as you were saying, with the shortage of nurses, it only just adds to that shortage because a lot of students that are already on the course now want to leave the course because this has been so stressful. Yeah. Stressful, discouraging. It's just, mm. it's just been a mess. Yeah. I yeah. think my personal opinion is like, you know, you, you never nurse for the money because we yeah. all know there is no money in nursing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You do it because you genuinely love patients and families and you love the interaction and you mm-hmm. just love helping people. You love yeah. seeing someone smile. You love making that bit of difference to someone's day. Mm. Even if you just say, how are you? And that person just lights up because someone is focused on them. Yeah. Or yeah. Um, breastfeed or you take a picture of the first family photo. Like it's very small things that impact families. And I think that's what I want people to know about nursing. Like so like Florence said, it's not the running around and the IVs and the CPR. Mm. It's the very little human mm. things that yeah. impact and make your make nurse such an amazing profession. And mm. I think what upsets me the most is the lack of respect society has for nursing. Yeah. If we were held as high as doctors are held, they wouldn't mess around like this. Yeah. But yet we are the core workforce of the NHS. We are probably the most dominant workforce that they have. We are the ones that they need the most, that they rely on the most. We're the ones that hold every system together. This pandemic would be dire without nurses. Yeah. And I think if universities had even taken all the students out, because none of them are going to work now, they were going to just do theory. I don't know what would have happened. I don't know how the wards would have ran. I don't know how they would have functioned. I don't know how they would have run at a safe level. Mm -hmm. You know, because I also think there's moments where as students Mm -hmm. put in a position of a qualified nurse. Yeah. And you almost have to make that judgment of, am I comfortable with this? Yeah. Can I, they trust in me, but do I trust myself? Am I ready? And I just feel like I want the new nurses coming in. So like what they have done is sign petitions, even though you feel like no one's listening, but you're doing your part for the profession. Mm-hmm. You're doing something about it. You're having your voice heard. And I think it's, it's so easy to be discouraged when all you get is negativity. Yeah. yeah. It's so hard to push through because you think we started this, we've worked so hard. This has come and like lands on our laps and we've adapted because we've had to adapt because the whole world has had to adapt. Yeah. And we've not been, we've not been given a life jacket. We've kind of been left to think. And it's those that can swim to the top and stay afloat that are going to survive. And those that can't mm-hmm. will have basically sacrificed to then lose out. Yeah. Which, is so unjust and to yeah. me makes me so mad like so i can't even imagine like for us as qualified nurses now life hasn't changed a lot in terms of okay we have stricter policies and we have limitations in our working environment but we're still nursing like everyone else yeah. but i can't imagine being in a student position and what Zainab has just said that people have had to leave jobs to come and work because you have to because I know there were some, some universities, and we want to hear from people if they've been in this position, who weren't given the choice to opt out. I think it was either you're in or you're not. Like, you need to just do it. Yeah. And you have yeah. to read it, repeat the whole year. So you have to what? defer. Yeah. yeah. But that was, those were the three options. You yeah. opt in, 
you opt out and you I think it's you make up the hours at some point mm. or you continue if it's safe to go into this was a few months ago they were speaking about it so if it was safe to go in then you'd be able to do an a normal placement without pay mm-hmm. um, but then the other option for those who are vulnerable and there are so many um, they they have to defer no matter we were literally three we were I think two months away from the end of second year and they've mm-hmm. been forced to defer oh my God. and yeah and it's it's so upsetting honestly I really do feel for um, all those people because they have no other option but to defer and that's not fair because they've they've worked just as hard throughout the year and it's not their fault that the pandemic has come yeah. about it's no, nobody's it's fault no, it's but not. the I'm fact that they haven't been catered to yeah. um there should have been another option for them they should have yeah. been like they should have spoken to the uni or whoever someone should have spoken to them and allowed something else for them to whether it be just get on with their theory and then they catch up on their hours when it's safe to do so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah in their third year during their third year or they graduate a little bit later than everyone else like yeah. that would have been fine but to defer and have to repeat an entire year all over again because of your health condition that's discrimination yeah it is basically it is, it's health that is, that is a, that's a drop mic moment right there Zona. that was a drop mic and how do you guys feel then with all of this how do you guys feel going into third year um i'm not gonna i feel nervous because it's like okay like this is like the pinnacle uh the, the turning point where it's like okay it's kind of like a make or break um at the same time like going out there like when i'm going on placement um whichever whoever's my practice um assessor whoever's my practice supervisor there's this heavy heavy expectation they're expecting you to know everything so i don't know everything i'm still learning as i go i've spoken to nurses that are new qualified that have been in the game for like one two years three however and they they learn more after they've qualified than yeah. during their study and it's like it's like because it's, it's like okay like this is the, like you hear the theory aspect of it but when it's put into practice and you're actually doing it you're like oh so that's what that means it all clicks it all clicks yeah. into it. but at the same time I'm just like I don't know what I'm going to expect um I don't know I don't I don't know what is before me but I just like I'm just going to be like do you know what? I'm just going to take it by the horn mm. and just and be like, okay, whatever it is, it is. I'm just going to do to the best of my ability. If I don't feel comfortable doing something, I have, like you could say, I kind of have that student umbrella. Sure. I can fall back and say, like, yeah. I, don't feel, I don't feel comfortable doing that. And if they ask me, I just, I like, I don't feel I'm that competent enough to actually complete her. However, I'm willing to watch you do the task and when the next opportunity comes, I will do it. Of yeah. course, under supervision. So just it's just learning to say no at the appropriate time. No, that makes sense. And what about for you, Zainab? How are you feeling about going to third year? Um with I'm excited because 
I'm drawing closer to my goal. Yeah. yeah. Becoming a registered nurse. And I, I'm excited. I'm so excited. And I know where I want to work. So it's just getting towards that. Yeah. But um, it's the uncertainty of what's to come. I don't know how it's going to play out, what's going to happen with uni. And I think that's what's troubling. Mm. Yeah. The uncertainty of it all. So what are uni going to ask of us? What do they expect us to do? How are our theory? I was, how, how are we going to interact? Is it going to be, because we still haven't established that, are we going to be going into uni? If so, yeah. we're going to have to travel by train because some of us can't drive there. Um, like, it's, it's everything. We haven't, we haven't, we don't have a plan at all. We've got a course plan, but there is no plan set in place. Yeah. So that we've got a seven week placement coming up as soon as we go back. And now that this has happened, we haven't spoken with uni um, with regards to people that have opted in mm. and, you know, our placements being, they haven't been cancelled. I don't know whether or not I should go ahead and continue working. I'd like to, because again, it's not about the money and we enjoy doing what we do because we, that's where I learn. Yeah. But do I continue? Because that means less time with my family and catching up with my work. Yeah. Is it worth continuing during the summer holiday? Is it not? Um, but nothing has, we haven't been in contact with anyone and no one hasn't been in contact with us. It's just all what we're seeing through the news and petitions and notifications. It's all social media. So there's just, there's just been a lack of communication. And again, that makes me really nervous. Mm. No, that makes sense. Mm. Otherwise, I I am excited. Like, I want. Um, I, I want to. What do you want to specialize in? Like, what what do you want to go into? So, throughout my two years, I had an amazing A and E experience. I love it so much. Um, I literally everywhere I go, I'm like, I'm gonna work at A and E. Um, and I already asked, I messaged my um, placement lead and asked her whether I could have my 12-week sign-off at A&E. And I think I emailed her that about a month ago. And I was like, sorry, I know it's like a year early, but <laughs> please, could you just bear in mind that I want to be at A&E back mm. in this place because I really enjoyed it and I feel like I can learn so much more and I'd be able to get everything signed off. <laughs> <laughs> and every placement I go to since a and E, I base it on A&E yeah. which isn't amazing, but I have had good experiences after A&E mm-hmm. but it can't top A&E <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> oh, okay here we go A&E nurse QG that's the proof okay don't worry come and join us say now we will be more than happy to have you and what about you, Flo? Like, do you have, have you seen, like, where you want to get into, like, a specialty or generalise? Like, what do you want to do? So, I mean, ideally, I would like to, um, I would like to work in critical care. Mm. I, like, I think for me, it's, that's, like, one thing I've noticed, it's, it's, it's one thing I've noticed, like, with critical care is, like, they have their own style of learning of how they teach. Yeah. Um, to teach their nurses. And it's like, if you, if I could work there, like anywhere I work, 
it's like you you know that you're kind you have that advantage that vantage point yeah kind of thing um so it's just but if it means me having to get um, like ward experience first then so be it but critical care is that's where you want to go yeah i do and because it's it's it's, i think it's a bit more quieter for me because i'm not gonna lie ward life is hectic are you sure critical care is quieter (laughs) maybe chew does not make it quiet (laughs) i mean i've seen i've seen it busy and i've seen it quiet however I think for me it's like because you're focusing on like one or two patients like you know yeah. okay these are the patients you're working with I'm not having to manage like several patients and then I've got doctors at, at one end I've got band sixes and sevens on my on one end having to deal with so much mm. um and it can become like very like cumbersome it's like it can be very overwhelming and for me it's a lot to take in and process and especially like when you've got family members when they're trying to like call at very very difficult um periods of the day where like it can be like what we what in the trust will be seen as like protected protected periods like for um like breakfast lunch dinner medication rounds and like you're trying to do your medications, then obviously you've got a relative trying to call him. I just call and see how my granddad's doing, like what's going on. Like I've, I've been told that he had, I don't know, a CAT scan or an MRI. I just want to know what the results are. Obviously, like for confidentiality, you can't really be disclosing such information alone. Mm. But it's, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. But critical care is that's just the one I want to go into. No, that sounds great. I have a question for you guys. Did you know where you wanted to go to? Yes, just like you, I did my A&E placement at uh, District General. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Right down to the mentor. Like, he was amazing. If it wasn't for him, I don't think I'd be an A&E nurse. And, Mm. like, people I went to uni and, like, other girls on our course who... So we're there and attest to this. Like, it was probably one of, no, it was my best placement ever. And I knew from that point, like, wood life wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing else I wanted to do at that moment in time. What so year I, were you? The second year. I think it was my second placement in second year. I was like, I love this. I like the hustle and bustle. I like the fact that you don't know what's coming through the door. Though sometimes yeah. that could be quite painful. Yeah. especially on those winter nights but I love it and mm. that's what's also led me into like safeguarding and all sorts because mm. you do you just deal with so much so much yeah. happens day in day out and also you liaise with like your adult colleagues quite a lot so mm-hmm. it's like I love A&E I love children's A&E but then you still get to dibble and dabble in the bits tiny 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 bits of like adults and that, that side of it I don't mind doing mm-hmm. what about you Diane? Oh gosh. Um, do you know what? So my specialty is NICU, so neonatal intensive care. And a lot of people like, how do you do that? Like, how do you look at babies like that? Like, how do you manage? But I think for me, the why I decided on NICU, because it kind of had everything that I loved about being a nurse. Mm-hmm. So I could support families, which meant I had an interaction with them on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. 
um, because they were premature, I could build long-term relationships with them. So yeah. they could get to know me, I could get to know them. Um, there's nothing more beautiful than watching people become parents. And you are part of mm. their story, you're part of that journey. And it is very special. You feel so honoured to be part of that. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, yeah, it will always be my first love, definitely 110%. And I think I knew I loved it when I took a rotational post when I first qualified. Post to only be there for six months and I thought, no, like, I can't move on. Like, I really mm-hmm. like this. I do this really well. Like, I like, I can't, I don't want to go anywhere else. And I moved from a level two to a level three. So in the level three, we take as young as 23 weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We then also get cardiac, surgical, metabolic, neuro. Um, babies as well as the prems mm-hmm. so you see everything and anything and you get families that they're most vulnerable because they're not in control and yeah. they have to trust you so much so much because you basically have their life in your hands and yeah I don't know I just think it just encompasses everything I love about being a nurse packaged into one area and that's how mm. I chose to be. like, and to think we, me and Gigi are pediatric trained, but we've gone different routes completely, you know, like completely yeah. different. Mm-hmm. And I would say like, I know Flo was saying that, you know, I want to get ward experience first. You don't have to get ward experience first to specialise straight away. Mm-hmm. And if you know what you want, just go for it. Yeah. And if you know like, that part should, that you. should know that, like don't fall into this myth that, you have to go on the ward for six months. You have to get your general peds or general adult basics first. No, you don't. Because nursing, like we've said throughout this whole conversation, you learn all the time. Mm. And probably the reason why it's such a great profession because it's so versatile. If you don't like it, you go somewhere else. Yeah. And yeah. every experience, be it one month, be it two years, it's on your CV and it's experience and it adds to your accolades. It makes you you're a better nurse you you your skills are much better mm. and i would say like for me as a NICU nurse my god like i work 100 and 100 miles an hour all the time that i don't know how to slow down i don't know how to stop because i'm thinking about this gas this ob this mum that feed that medication check that drug did you put the food like your mind is always like this mm. and i don't know any different if that makes sense. I don't know any different. And like Flo said, you come in from work and you're, you know, how was your day? Like, God, yes. It was like hell. Like, I was so tired. Like, this admission, this one crashed, this happened. But I think you find that when you qualify and as you get into your career, it gets so normal. Like, it's so yeah. normal. The things that happen, you just like, people will be looking at you thinking, how have you not traumatized? Like, how does this not face you? How are you not like shaking? But I don't know if Gigi has this, but I know I have it. I'm like different people when I'm at work. So like when I'm at work, I'm Diane the professional. And I can see something that can really upset me, but I can't cry because I'm the professional. Yeah. But in real life, in inverted commas, like I'm the most emotional person, the most drama person, the most, I get stressed like that. Mm. But when I'm at work, you can't see it. It's like game face, like boom. And I feel like Nikki made me a better person. Like, I became a very strong person being in that environment. I had to be strong for my families, for my patients. 
Mm. And for them to trust me, I can't be falling apart. Mm. Kind of thing. So I would definitely say nursing molds you. It changes you. You you definitely prove to yourself that you're a very strong person. I think when I finished my degree, I remember just thinking, oh my God, I've done it. Like, I've actually done it. It's finished. I I'm actually can't finish. You know, and I think the day you put on a uniform, and when I tell you, I think everyone probably says it to everybody, it goes so fast. Oh my God, it goes so, and it does. It goes, you blink, and me and Gigi, five years in October, officially, we have got our pin five years. And if you look at our friends, and all of our group are so accomplished, you know, we've got a band seven in there. Gigi's going to be a band seven. We've got band six in there, like, and all in different Like, Claim it. Claim it. Like, you have to big up your girls like, and your boys. Like, we're so accomplished. And as a team, because we are a team and we've remained a team, that group of us have remained a team. And we support each other so much. We drive each other so much. We push each other. And that's where we go to vent. Now, when it's been a bad day, you go there and say, guys, it was shit excuse my language on the podcast but mate like it was bad like i don't even know what happened today this was the plan for today and it went out the window because abcd happened and you get each other and there's no no one gets you like your nurse friends get you yeah you know like no one and no one can understand 12 hours no one understands 12 like when you tell somebody i haven't sat down in 12 hours they don't understand how you didn't sit down yeah. But you know you haven't sat down because your feet are swollen or your back is hurting or your hand hurts or mm. your head is hurting you because you didn't drink enough water because you're running around like a crazy person. Yeah. So I kind of feel like that all actually nurses, all that are listening stuff like that, I think advice from, I'm not even a veteran yet, I'm only five years, I'm still a big What I would say is do not give up. Do not mm. allow the pandemic to take you away from your dream if you love to be a nurse keep pushing keep striving if you believe in a higher power lean on that for for strength if you you know your friends or your family try your best to utilize them talk about your feelings express yourself and you know be like Zainab you saw your passion go for it email and say I want to be here what's the worst that what's the worst that can happen they're gonna say no I send you somewhere else but don't be afraid to speak out. Use your voice. And at the end of the day, that assertiveness, it gets you noticed. Yeah. It gets you noticed. And remember, there are 40,000 vacancies. There's enough space for all of you. You can get the job that you want. You can, you can be the nurse that you want to be. Don't let anyone say you can't be anything that you don't want to be. And don't be discouraged, especially when you meet people who make you think, why am I doing this? Because I think... Your nurses, you do have that minute of I met this this nurse made me feel like this, like I'm not good enough. Or they you are good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And that's remember like you almost have to pep talk yourself mm-hmm. and think, no, do you know what? I can do it because I'm here. People are recognizing my excellence. People are seeing I'm good enough and I'm good enough. Yeah. And if I don't know, I don't know. And what I do and I'm gonna do well. Yeah. And yeah. all you can do is give hundred and ten percent, be punctual smile if you don't know you don't know if you want to cry go in the toilet and cry <laughs> if <laughs> if something is overwhelming speak up don't hold it in go and tell whoever you feel safe to tell that mm-hmm. i'm overwhelmed this is too much like 
I, I don't feel comfortable with I can't support the patient properly because I'm overwhelmed. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. I think people need to know, ask for help, say how you feel, be vulnerable where you need to be vulnerable. Yeah. And, and I think one thing I would always say, remember how it is to be a student. So anyone that's about to qualify or you guys are going to first year, Mm-hmm. In six months from qualifying, you might become um, um, practice supervisor and you're going to be signing yeah. books. You're going to be watching skills. You're going to be assessing practice. And it's that quick. You'll be shocked how fast mm-hmm. you become the mentor and you have a student. And you're just like, whoa, like I am watching someone else and they were watching me just six months ago. Mm. And just never forget how it is to be a student. Never forget that oh, people are human beings and just be kind. Just just be kind and yeah like we are excited we, we can't wait we, we need new nurses you know yeah we do we can't wait to have you guys on our team so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't wait to be on your team too um, with what you were saying about the remember to be remember what it's like being a student nurse mm. I literally give myself that pep talk every time I see a horrible mentor supervisor mm-hmm. but I'll never be like yep. her I'm gonna yes. make sure I take time oh, yeah, for all the students, and I'm gonna be so kind to them, yeah. and they're gonna love me as much as I love this person and that person. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And trust me, you always remember. Like, yeah, I always remember. It's like I'm like I've been told on my that placement the COPD ward, mm. and the mentor told me I don't like students. Where I come from, you either teach or you nurse. You don't do both, and. I'll never feel, and that was five years ago, but I remember it exactly how she said it. Yeah. And even to get her to sign my book, it was like a negotiation. Yeah. Which, like, you know, so like you literally, as Anna said, like never forget what it is to be a student, put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. You want to impress, you want to do well, you want to be safe, you want to get your book signed. There's so much you're dealing with. You've got a pandemic on your hands and you're trying to perform at your best. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to hand over to Gigi. Yeah, do you guys have any questions for us? Um, how do you, how do you stop yourself from going mad on a day to day basis? Because I'm not gonna lie, there's days I'm just like, I think to myself, am I really doing? Am I doing the right thing by doing this course? Like, am I doing myself a favor? Like, do you think how? I think you need a good support system and yeah. find some hobbies. And the reason I say that was like, I remember in second year, I picked up rugby. No one ever believes I played it. Oh my God, you uh, mentioned rugby earlier. Sorry, I thought that was a joke. No, no. <laughs> like, no one ever believes I played rugby in uni. Oh, I think it's... I think just doing something took your mind off, off uni and work and placement mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. the one place that you know you got to make new friends with people from everywhere just have mm-hmm. fun mm-hmm. and I think that's probably what helped me get through mm-hmm. second and third year because I knew like you know once I get onto that pitch I'm a different person I'm playing the game and that's mm-hmm. it when I get off I'm tired I'm gonna shower and go to bed I mean, mm-hmm. life will continue after that mm-hmm. I think by having certain hobbies obviously now we can't read really much with everything that's going on mm-hmm. oh. even if it's just taking some self-care time and you know having a little spa day for yourself 
yeah turn off your phone and turn, turn off everything and literally just breathe and chill just mm. do some stuff for yourself would definitely mm. help okay thank you i'll definitely bear that in mind and um i'll try because I, I am trying to take up some hobbies but i'm just thinking like what is there to do obviously right now it's quite difficult with all that's going on yeah um, yeah so like even like during this period of time like, i've bought a bike and from time to time i go riding with my sister or she's riding on my own and that helps me clear my head i may not do it as much as i should do but just getting out in general that i'm not in the car and i'm not going to work like i'm not doing something that actually requires me to do any mental thinking or anything like that like i just get on yeah. and ride mm. or you go shopping that's what i do <laughs> yeah and um, you know finish all your wages <laughs> always cures the sanity. I don't know, I kind of feel like with nursing, yeah, it is a bit it takes you in different directions. There's moments when you love it and you think there's moments when you think, what the hell is going on with my life right now? Like the all nighters in the library, Jumba, Pro Plus, mm-hmm. doing dissertation, with them for AM. <laughs> And you're dealing with life, like relationships, family. Yeah. This boyfriend is giving you stress, and then you're going out on the phone to shout at this person, and then you're coming back, and then you've lost track, and you all start laughing and joking about something else, and you're listening to music, and you're like, but that's all part of the fun, and you don't forget it. Like it's mm. so much part of, and I think I think the best way to do for your sanity is laugh. Mm. Don't take things too seriously. Don't yeah. give yourself a lot of pressure. Because trust me, when you're newly qualified, you feel it enough. Like the first day when the uniform's on. And remember, when you're new, no one knows you're new. Like family, parents, they don't know you're new. Exactly. They just see you in uniform. And yeah. like for us in Niku, we all wear the same uniform. Mm. But yours is more shinier than the one that's been there for five years. It's the same uniform. Mm. So when they ring and they say, who's looking up for patient A? Oh, it's Diane. Oh, Diane, someone says mom's on the phone with you. And you're just thinking, oh my God, like, I don't even know what to say to this person. And they're on the phone, they've been in front of your face. But you just learn. And like, like I said, mm. like, you, you learn to adapt. You learn how to conduct yourself. Yeah. You learn how to carry yourself. But I say, yeah, like, don't allow things to stress you. And this is the person who doesn't take her own advice, but I'm trying to take the advice right now. <laughs> don't allow things to stress you. Yeah, in the name of Burner Boy, you cannot come and kill yourself, okay? So, <laughs> just take time. Take time. You're one person, and somebody would rather you took time than you rushed and made a mistake. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would say. Don't just take time to, and take a day at a time. Nursing is literally it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. Yeah. Not a sprint. And you'll never learn everything, so don't ever no, anticipate to learn everything and anything. You won't. you won't. There's there's stuff that will come, like for example, like now you're on A and E. There's stuff that arrive and you're thinking, how are we gonna manage? like you're hearing ETA five minutes and they give you the breakdown and you're thinking, What is coming? Like what is this? Same yeah. as in Nikki, we get briefed, twenty three week all these issues and you're thinking, What are we gonna do with this now? Like what's gonna happen? Or a child will come and you're thinking, no one has seen this before. Mm. How do you manage this? And a whole new care plan is being created on this child. But you go with the flow. 
And just remember that you are a team. I think it's important for student nurses to know that doctors, nurses give a team. As much as sometimes we, we bash, we are a collective. And when pa patients, parents look at us, we're on the same team. They don't see us as separate people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we need to try, and I think we need to be the example. As much as sometimes medics are not, I think we need to try and promote that we are on the same team. And I guess we are the ones at the bedside or we are the ones with the patients the most. And I guess the doctors come in and out. So we are the mouthpiece for our patients. We're the ones that kind of speak and say, you know, this is what we're seeing. Like we're the assessors. Yeah. So, yeah. And another question that, I, that you mentioned earlier, Florence, was how are we coping with the Black Lives Matter movement, the workplace? Yeah, so like how how are you co like how how are you coping with that? Because I know for me, like I know that I'm not gonna like anything that's race anything regarding racism or just anything racial tension. I'm very like I think I'm very much my sensitivity is more heightened. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm very aware, like I'm more aware of what is being said. I'm not trying to misconstrue. But it's like, I look at it and I'm like, okay, what does this person mean? What are they yeah. trying to buy? So like, does your place of work, do they support you? Like, do they have things in place? That I just want to kind of get, like, how, like, how? I think it's been quite, it's been <laughs> difficult. I think we were like, we had a full on episode about this, but then, um, I think as me and my Diane have discussed this on many occasions, I think really and truly, when it comes down to where you work, and to like the demographic of where you work and how mm. like your own team supports you. So like where I work at the moment, we're very much a mm. team. Mm. And um, mm. I haven't necessarily faced it in A&E per se, because it's just so mixed. Um, mm. Yes, certain people may say certain comments and that has been addressed, but I think I found it a lot harder when I was working on a unit that mm. um, there wasn't much diversity. Mm. Um, and oh, I say this was going to be a place I worked. Um, it's, it's so hard not to see where you work. It's really difficult because it's on the tip of your tongue. Yeah, and I, I, I can't. Nearly, I, nearly, I, nearly, I nearly just said it when you were like, <laughs> and I was like, I have to hold my mouth, but like, don't even go there. But yeah. so, like, I think it's realizing what's around you and who's around you and how they mm. also interpret it. Because I think, for example, if you work with certain people that have like never encountered black people, which I find quite strange, but there are some, some areas that people have never mm. encountered, have never worked with black people, it's a shock to them and obviously it's a shock for you. Obviously, if they've grown up in a certain way, not saying that it's right, but this is all they've known, and you're the first potentially black person that they've seen, it's quite difficult. Then you've got to now break the stigma that they have of you. Yeah. Like for us, like we've all come from London. We like London's very diverse, so it's not like mm. we have a problem with it. Mm. Like, or even just in uni, because I I remember going to uni and meeting people that have never met black people. Mm. Like yeah, they've ended up in our uni some strange reason mm. but um like all places do you get what i mean like yeah. come from literally everywhere mm. and it's just trying to break the stigma and also i like I'd, i wouldn't say teach but 
essentially like show people the way for them mm. to go and do their own research. And obviously with all that's going on now, it's stirring up a lot more conversations. Mm. So I think people's bias towards it is beginning to reduce. But I think, again, it depends on like the demographic of where you work because mm. you could have a certain amount of people that just see your see your view as valid, which is a shame. Mm. And that's where I think that you need to push to progress. Mm. Then mm. it also comes down to how long are you willing to do that? Mm. As a student, how long are you on that ward? Do you just bite your tongue until like you go or do you report it to uni? Because if you have faced it, then I'm very likely that someone else would have faced it. Mm. And I don't think it's something we should just sit on because nursing, you'll be you nurse everyone. Black, white, Asian, red, yellow, green, purple, blue. Mm. You nurse everyone. So and you can't you can't discriminate against everyone or anyone. Because mm. at the end of the day, if you've got a dying patient, you're not, not now gonna say, Nope, because I'm black, I'm not going to look after this black person or this white person or this Asian person. No, you're still going to treat them the same way you treat anyone else. Mm. I think it's just, it's been quite difficult. And obviously with all that's going on, it's, it's, it's raising awareness, mm. seeing what's around you mm. and seeing what like, for example, like your opportunities are. And mm. I don't just mean that like just through the NHS. I think like throughout uni, like there's things you want to go for, go for them. I'm seeing, oh, like, you know, I don't fit into that demographic. I'm not going to get it. This is your time to shine and not let race or anything stop you. Mm. Yeah, I think just to like round off from Gigi. So I work in, I'd say, quite a big London trust, a very well-known trust. Yeah, um, and one of the best trusts. I will say that definitely an amazing place to work. But I am the minority where I do like in my environment. I would say I am. Um, with everything that's happened, the trust has like put on like talk about um, Black Lives Matter and kind of invited this conversation for people to have like on Microsoft Teams and kind of encourage this conversation. Um, I definitely think personally for me as a nurse, it has pushed me to want more for myself. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's made me think I want to be a pioneer in nursing in some capacity. Mm. Like, I want to do more for people who look like me as well yeah. as others, I want to role model that you can be good and you can be up there and you can look like this. You know, mm. it's not just one panel of faces. They can be so many yeah. different and they can all be as good. Yeah. And nothing should limit mm. you. Like, yeah. And I think you are your own limitation. And I sometimes think if you're stuck, you need to make the choice to say, okay, I need to do something about this then. Yeah. And being brave enough and honest enough with yourself to say, okay, this is either an issue or I'm seeing something and I need to make a change. How am I going to do that? And just being really like wrong and being steadfast in this direction I'm going and I'm going to get there. Um, Like um, Gigi said, you know, it's the biggest civil rights movement in the world so far. And it's definitely raised a lot of awareness. But yeah, to me personally, it just made me want to push more. And I think, it kind of sums up why we even started this podcast, you know, yeah. why we have it. It's, it's the voice, it's the awareness, it's showing people that, look, we're here and yeah. we love what we do and we're talking about it and we want more people to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And this is just the beginning. Mm-hmm. I want to say a huge thank you guys for coming on and talking on with us and having the chat with us today. 
thank you for having me. And hopefully we'll be able to get you guys back in again. Thank you for having me. Yeah. We need to have you guys on when you're qualified. Like, we want the graduation pictures. Oh, we need all. Of course. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. The, whole, the whole lot. The whole yes. lot. Yes. But it's been so lovely to chat. Yeah. And it's nice and refreshing to see young women being trailblazers in their academic years, signing petitions, you know, speaking up, being assertive. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep pushing keep role modeling for your peers and don't lose hope like the end mm. is now like it's going to finish it, it's not going to stop you're going to get there yeah yeah but i thank you guys that note, thank you all for joining us thank you for having us if anyone wants to hit us up tips as well no no I worries no worries and i think like as Gigi was saying like we obviously our dms on instagram are always open so mm -hmm. if you ever have any questions if you ever need to talk about things just send a message or email the email address is i want to say it's in the it's in the bio it I'm should sure be in the bio we'll double check that but it should be there but just don't feel shy to reach out like we always have time for our fellow colleagues so just drop a message yeah i need to until next time, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye.